Welcome back, guys, to episode five. Wait, 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 Dylan. Episode five? You heard me right. What? We're already on episode five. We are. It's amazing. It's kind of weird. It is kind of weird. But we wanted to take a second before we get started this week to thank everyone who's gone out to uh, the Facebook page and Instagram page and given us a like. We completely appreciate it and love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, But we wanted to remind everyone that when you listen each week, uh, drop us a comment or a review on the iTunes app um, so that we can know how we're doing and what you guys want to hear. Exactly. Five stars all the way. All the way. (laughs) So we wanted to do something special for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Luckily, Valentine's Day is coming up. It's coming up this week. Hope Uh you made your plans. Yeah. And what we found out that we didn't know was that a lot of crimes have happened on Valentine's Day. They really have, Dylan. I mean, so many that it was super hard for us to choose one. So So what did we do? We We chose two. We did. We chose two. So you're in luck. So there'll be two crimes of passion uh, mm-hmm. this week, and it involves Valentine's or love and or the lack that. of love, blah blah blah, or so much love that you kill somebody. <laughs> exactly. So I guess uh, let's just dive right into it. <laughs> Say let's let's do it. it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Christopher Wilkes. I'm Dylan Malone, and this is Evil Crimes. <laughs> feeling you on that one but do you want to kick us off don't mind if i do so let's take a look at stacy sheck a wife and mother who decided on valentine's day in 2010 that well she no longer wanted her husband she just didn't and but before we get into the murder uh let's set the scene a little bit for our listeners so stacy was married to richard sheck and the two had three children together richard was stacy's fifth husband and he was the adopted father to two of her three sons. So the family lived in a town east of Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, wait a minute. Like, she had been married. She had been married five, five times. times. And from all of the little videos that we watched, um, every recount that we've heard was that she was in love with love. Yeah. So this is great for Valentine's it's Day. It's perfect. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and from our research we've done on this case, Richard was admired throughout their town in Georgia. Lee Dare, the Hall uh, County District Attorney, noted that he was a very community-minded, compassionate person, and he will like he was well liked by everyone he met. He was even the dean den leader in their son's Boy Scout troop. So on the surface, it looks like, and one can assume, that the family was successful and happy. But, I mean, was that really the case? I mean, is it ever the case in is our case? Really Why would we be talking about <laughs> it if they weren't happy? All. Well, when we get into the nitty gritty de- details of their life, we find that Stacy was anything but a devoted wife. She even admitted she'd been having an affair for some time, which we will get into a little later. A little later, yeah. So I guess it just goes to show you that you never really know what's going on at that next door neighbor's house. It's true. It's true. But let's get um, into the details and take a look at the events that actually took place on Valentine's Day in 2010. 
because it's been documented that Stacy was the mastermind behind everything. That is true. So, she wanted to kill Richard, but when it came down to it, she just couldn't do it. Like, herself. She, yeah. She just had that moment. She <laughs> right. like, can't do it. At this point, she needed a plan and someone to help her out. Well, she tried to contact a man she knew that did, as she said, illegal things to see if he would commit the murder for her. That plan, well, it didn't work out. Didn't work. I, he said no. Yeah. So at this point, she enlisted the help of her friend and work colleague, uh, Lenitra Ross. And the two women met for dinner one night at a Mexican restaurant for some margaritas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, to devise a plan to kill her husband. Yeah, that's what we do whenever we go. Yeah, when we're bored. <laughs> yes. we, yeah. I'm like, how can we kill Dylan's husband? <laughs> <laughs> so they decided to try and hire a man they both knew uh, to act as a hitman. Yeah, it just so happened that Stacy and Lenitra both knew of a man named Reginald Coleman, a personal trainer who previously offered training sessions at the spinal clinic they worked at. Lenitra, being the go-between between person at this point, initiated the meeting and hiring of Reginald. Now, we have to share the name that Reginald went by. Oh, please do. I love it. <laughs> yes. So we can speculate that he took to calling himself this while working as a personal trainer, but he began referring to himself as Mr. Results. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, me too, Dylan. Okay, well, before we go further, so let's look and see what Stacy actually did for these people. Let's so see. it's speculated that in return for these favors she's asking of Lenitra and Reginald, that she gave Lenitra a house that she owned, mm-hmm. and she paid Reginald $10,000. But, so Christopher, what was the actual plan? Yeah, so like we've said, it was all supposed to go down on Valentine's Day. Stacy told Richard she wanted to get away from reality for a bit and do something a little more spontaneous and romantic. Cute. Yeah, so she told him to meet her after dark at the Belton Bridge Park in Hall County, a park with scenic views and private romantic areas. She told him that she wanted to go there and exchange Valentine's Day cards and just to, well, make sure everyone knew how it was going to work. The three went on a dry run to check everything out before the murder. I mean, I would do that. You know. Just to make sure it goes as planned. Exactly. So Richard, after having cooked dinner for their sons and his parents at their house, set out that night to the park. So we're assuming he's probably a little bit excited I mean, they're married, they have three kids, so it was probably a little enticing that his wife wanted to do something a little bit different than the routine. Yeah, I mean, I think anyone in a relationship that's like long-term, yeah. So he arrived first to the meeting spot, and he waited for his wife. But Stacy never showed up. Mm-hmm. Reginald showed up. And he pulls a gun out and shoots him dead. Wow. So yeah, now, he did not get rid of the body. The three had planned for afterwards as well. After 30 minutes later, Stacy arrives to the park as planned and finds Richard dead on the ground. She then contacts the police to report the crime. The 911 operator who took the call made comments on Stacy's fragment voice and shrill cries about finding Richard's body. Yeah, I mean she sounded she sounded pretty crazy. Yeah. On the 911 operator thing. Yeah. It sounded like she had legitimately had no idea it happened, showed up and her husband was just dead on the ground. She played it off well. No, she didn't. Yeah. 
So now the cops arrive and they quickly rule out robbery, which was the first original thought due to the location and the time of the crime. Right. And they noted that Richard still had all of his jewelry on and his car was still sitting in the lot. So, I mean, come on, guys. It definitely wasn't a Yeah, robbery. you're going to take the watch. You're going to take the ring. You're going to yes. take the car. And this will all like kind of play out in the next uh, case that we have in the Don't same give him too much. I know. I'm trying Don't not to, but, you know, a little. Yeah. Uh, okay, but at this point, so the cops knew this was a suspicious crime because it didn't fit, you know, originally what they thought it was going to be. Right. And they even noted they could tell it was probably a planned crime just based on how Richard was shot. Um, but there wasn't much evidence to go on at the time. Yeah, now they did find three sets of tire tracks in the wet soil. Two were confirmed as Stacy's and Richard's cars, while one was different. The cops are planning to start research on identifying the tracks when Stacy comes forward with her affair to the cops. I mean, what? She really? decides right now. Yeah. But you have to remember, technically, she was a mastermind at this point behind the crime, so she's trying to frame somebody. You know, I feel so too. He uh, uh, admits she was having, a, or she admits that she was having an affair with a man named Juan Reyes. Juan had been hired by her at her clinic, and he then became the prime suspect. They figured he was a jealous boyfriend who wanted to act out and kill Richard in order to be a Stacy. It was confirmed that Stacy would shower him with gifts and romantic getaways, and was even letting him live in one of her houses. Yeah. We don't know why she had so many houses. She just gives away houses yeah. <laughs> to I mean, her friends, to people that commit murder for her. It's crazy. Just gives out houses. Yeah. But anyway, so the cops take him in for questioning, and they did note that they were really shocked at how willing he was to just comply with their request. I mean, he took polygraph tests. He was he even agreed to be questioned without a lawyer. So Juan well, I eventually... Mean, I mean, you don't do that I mean, if you didn't commit the crime. let's be honest. Like, yeah, he was like, okay, I didn't do this. So right? Sure, let's talk. Exactly. But he does eventually admit that he viewed Stacy as a means to an end because he was planning on getting back together with his ex-wife. Hmm. Well, the next question is, where was Juan the night of the murder? I mean, I think right. that's where... Does he have an alibi? So Juan gives an alibi that the cops are able actually to confirm is a solid alibi. And actually, they're forced to move on. Yeah. They can't really... So, Stacy, yeah. Sorry, girl. Back up, girl. Yeah. So, it was back to the drawing board for the cops. And right now, when they were about to make some headway in examining the tire tracks, they received a lucky break from one of the IT workers at the spine clinic where Stacy worked. Yeah. So, this guy's job was to clear out junk emails from the internal account. Um, he said when he got to Stacy's account, everything had been deleted from Friday through Sunday, the day of the murder. Now, he was able to provide backups of those emails to the cops. They then got a search warrant to search all of her email account. So they're, they're able to go back through emails, and they discover that money is being transferred from Stacy to Lenitra. And it definitely raises an eyebrow to the large amounts that were being transferred. They see transfers ranging from like $1,000 to $8,000. I would say it's pretty suspicious, it's suspicious. <laughs> Yeah. So now they go... Pay Lenitra a visit. But of course, Lenitra is able to get them off of her tail by giving some credible explanations on why there was a money transfer between them. She basically told them she was living in one of Stacy's houses and Stacy was helping her with some repairs. Again, how many houses did this lady have? At least five. 
Oh my gosh. So the cops, obviously frustrated because they hit another roadblock, they're about to start over when they get a definitive information of the type of tire left at the scene. So mm. they did confirm it was a Goodyear tire. Oh, Goodyear. Uh, yeah, not so good. Mm-hmm. Well, they then get another clue from Stacy's cousin, Connie Hearn, who informs them that an Impala that was provided to Stacy from their grandparents had been surprisingly missing for a couple of weeks. Well, that interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Impala in question was found at Lenitra's house. And you guessed it, with the type of tire that matched the tracks found at the scene. Yeah, so the next question is, who was driving the car that night of the murder? Mystery results. Mm-hmm. Well, on a hunch, the lead detective turns to cell phone records, thinking the murderer might have made a call that night around the crime scene. He took numbers, tens of thousands of numbers, from a tower near the area and began going one by one, trying to match the numbers on the list to the contact numbers in Stacy's phone. Yeah, and he said um, in an interview that he gave that he had no idea how to even begin doing that research. I mean, that would take forever. And he literally went one by one. That's crazy. And tried to match them. Crazy. So, but going through the records, he's able to identify Lenitra and Reginald's numbers in her phone and being recognized by the cell phone tower at the time of the murder. Hmm. Well... A lot of information was found in these phone records, and it's what led detectives to suspect the three and start questioning them. Why why Stacy, Lenitra, and Reginald didn't try to be a little bit more tactful? Who knows? I don't know. They're amateurs. Yeah, such amateurs. But now they have their main suspects. They do. And at this point, the big question, though, is why? Why did Stacy want to kill her husband? Exactly. I mean, there are some theories out there. One is simple. She wanted to continue having an affair with a clean conscience. Another one that seems to have some merit is that Richard had recently opened a $500,000 life insurance policy she would be able to gain after his death. And probably buy another house. I mean, let's be honest. It's all about the money. It's always about money. Okay. But uh, both are definitive possibilities, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she actually used a completely different story in court. So while on trial, Stacy, and we quoted her, claimed and testified on the stand that she believed Richard was molesting one of her children. And the ridiculous thing is the reason she thought this... She went on record saying she thought this because she was molested as a child and her children were acting out like she had done in the past. Right? So, I mean, she, yeah, yeah. And she claimed that one of them was caught shoplifting. And I guess since she had done that in the past, something similar, it had to mean Richard was molesting the children. Well, of course. Of you know, course. you shoplift, you get molested. Right. <laughs> she then went on record to say, and requote her again, I was just so fixated in my mind that Richard was doing something wrong that I said, I don't want the cops. I don't want a divorce. I want him dead. Now, this whole idea was thrown out pretty quickly. And one of the children even came forward and said nothing like that had ever happened. Yeah, I mean, I think the kids were a little bit older at this point, so they obviously didn't want that getting around. Right. Uh, But so the sad truth is, we'll never really know why Stacy decided to go through with the plan, because even watching, you know, coverage from the trials, her story went left and right, forwards, backwards, everywhere. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things... 
it is sad that like a lot of our cases that we cover, you know, we don't actually know. You know, mm-hmm. no one knows the truth because, I mean, it's just like our little eyeball murderer in Dallas. He would never come forward and no. say he actually did it, even though I mean he's gonna serve. You know, till he's dead. dead. Yeah. And so it's just well. Like, I mean, if the listeners really want to go ask Stacy in person, she's in Atlanta prison, so, so you can, you can go, go ask her. her. Yeah. So yeah. It will have to remain a mystery, though, but uh, let's talk about the trial a bit, because I think if we do, we can give our listeners some closure on Stacey's motives and a little glimpse into the more crazy side. Yeah, yeah. So let's first look at Stacy. So she wound up testifying against Reginald and Lenitra so that she could avoid the death penalty. Um, Because, you know, why not spend the rest of your life in prison versus the death penalty? Um, She even went as far to say that she had no involvement on the day of the murder. She testified that the only time I ever spoke to Reginald Coleman was when we had Zaxby's. Assuming that's a restaurant that they went to. It's like some kind of uh, Cajun restaurant from what I know. Like It's like Cajun. Really? Seriously, it's like a Cajun chicken. Sometimes Christopher comes up with random facts. (laughs) No, no, no. It's a Cajun fried chicken restaurant. um, in the South uh, restaurant. So, okay, yeah. well, there you go. They so were at Zaxby's. You know. And if, um, if I'm wrong, please, listeners, tell me. <laughs> so she had only ever spoken to Reginald Coleman when they were at Zaxby's that afternoon and the following Saturday when they went up to the Belton Ridge Park to kind of scope everything out. Right. So everything else was done through Lenitra. So she's throwing her under the bus. Um, she was documented as being kind of on edge during the trial. She was pulling her hair, mixing up her stories and facts, but she inevitably admitted to her overall plan to kill Richard. Well, when asked how she could actually wake up and interact with Richard that morning, knowing what was going to happen on February 14th, she just plainly said, I said whatever I had to say to accomplish my goal of killing Richard that night. She was then sentenced to life in prison. But now, Christopher, what about Mr. Results and Lenitra? Well, good old Lenitra never accepted her involvement in the murder. Now, Stacy was used as a key witness in Lenitra's trial and testified of Lenitra's involvement, saying she knew she was helping plan Richard's death. She even brought up that Reginald and Lenitra had an ongoing off-again relationship, which is why they knew they could trust him. During the trial, she testified that she took the stand against Lenitra because, and I quote, I'm going to testify truthfully for Richard. It's all I can give his mom and his family and the children. All I can give them is the truth. At least she had a little, you know, moment of honesty there. Ridiculous. Lenitra was sentenced to life in prison in 2012. Reginald was an easier case because he pled guilty of the murder and was sentenced to life without parole in 2012. He admitted his involvement and possession of the gun. Yep. So I guess it just, you know, just goes to show you love someone and how crazy they are. Yeah, well, you really do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you sleep next to someone for years and you think you know them. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It, it's, it's a sad thing to, to know that you're, you're sleeping next to someone who, I mean, we say this time and time again, if you don't want to be with the person, move. Move. On. <laughs> move on. Tell don't them. get to the point of wanting to kill them. It just, it's so sad. It doesn't make any sense to me. Does it? For some reason, these people in these cases, they feel like it's the easiest way out. Yeah. But hey, Felisa gives us something to podcast about. You know, if, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here, right? We would not be here, no. <laughs> ¶¶
was, but I think this next one is even more intense. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, so this uh, next Valentine's case, it's a pretty interesting one to say the least. With a murder five years in the making. Five years. Yeah, so he, yeah. He went five years of his life. Or she, we don't know for sure yet. (laughs) Yeah, so the person went five years in the making and a love story that's twisted for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a story of the murder of Jessica Patel. Yeah, so I find this story very interesting for so many reasons. Yeah, I mean, the premeditation is blatant. Yeah, it's so blatant. So this story actually takes place over the pond in Linthrop, England. We're taking y'all overseas. Yeah, first time. Y'all ready? (laughs) So Jessica Patel, 34, and her husband, Matesh Patel, 37, were both pharmacists, and they both ran a very successful pharmacy together. Yeah, they did. So from the outside looking in, their marriage seemed normal and extremely happy. Friends and family around them even saying they were trying to have children, going to an infertility doctor. Mm. Yeah, but Christopher, let's not forget this is evil crimes and nothing stays normal and happy here. Oh God, Dylan, very, very yep. true. But diving deeper into their relationship, it proves there were a lot of skeletons in Matasha's closet. Yeah. So why don't we get to the day in question? So... On the evening of May 14th, 2018, yes, this is very, very recent, very recent, very recent case for us. It's probably the most recent that we've actually covered. So a call is made to 999, which if you're unfamiliar with the UK, it's the ambulance service there like 911 is here in the States. Yeah. Who knew? Police emergency. Yes, I think we've been robbed and my wife's been attacked. Sir, I'm going to need you to calm down. I can't calm down. I mean, my, my sir, wife's been sir. attacked and I just don't know where to go. Sir, and it... where are you located? Oh, God. Soon thereafter, the police arrived to Matesh's and Jessica's home. And they discovered Jessica's lifeless body on the living room floor. And the flat had been ransacked by what at first looked like to be some sort of intruder. Yeah, Matesh soon explained that he had come home with dinner and found his wife and home this way. Right, and I'm, I'm sure right now the police are thinking we have not only a burglar on the loose in the city, but also a murderer. And, you know, Dylan, I can only imagine that in this sleepy little town called Linthrop, what the police could even be thinking. I mean, I mean it's a tiny little town. Yeah. Like, I'd feel like stuff like this just doesn't right. happen there. And, and in England in general, I mean, it, we've definitely studied a lot of uh, murders and things like that. And there's not a lot Mm-mm. that go on. I mean, there's some pretty interesting ones. But other than that, I mean, there's only a handful. Are people happier there? Maybe so. Maybe so. But guys, don't worry. It doesn't take long for this story to completely fall apart. Yes. Like we all know, the first suspect in a murder case is definitely the husband. And unfortunately, it doesn't take long for his story to fall apart. And in the weirdest, most bizarre way. Yeah. See, after analyzing the crime scene, they noticed that nothing of value had been taken. Which, I mean, this seems to always be the dead giveaway of foul play. Exactly. Like, what burglar goes into a home, kills the owner of the home, then just goes through everything without taking anything? It doesn't. It never happens. (laughs) It's so crazy to me. It it seems to me like 
if if you were going through a home, you're burglarizing it, wouldn't you take things? You, I mean, that's why you break into someone's house. You would take house. money. You would yeah. take jewelry. You Although would... there are the crazy people that just enjoy, you know... Killing people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after a coroner's investigation, it's confirmed that she was killed by asphyxiation with a Teslaco bag found near her and that she had been subdued with insulin. So after investigating the scene, they find syringes in Matisha's laptop bag, and one was empty. Oh my god. Hmm. So yeah, but that not is the most damning evidence they find. No, it certainly is not. After a search through both of their mobile devices, they learn that there was, well, infidelity on Matisha's part. And to throw a curveball in the case, it wasn't with another woman. You don't say so, Dylan. Mm, I did. <laughs> yeah, so it truly wasn't. It was actually found that he was using the app Grinder, which is a popular dating app with the gay community to meet up with different men. Yeah, and through uh, more digging, it's found that Jessica knew of this infidelity and had even confronted Matesh about it on several occasions. <laughs> Yeah, and this story is so sad because as I've read more about Jessica, she seemed like such a beautiful soul, just wanting that fairy tale life and family. It touched Christopher's heart, y'all. It really did. It did. And looking further into his evil closet, it comes out that he was secretly in a relationship with Dr. Amit Patel, who had immigrated to Sydney, Australia. Yeah, it also came out that this murderous plan was actually five years in the making. Yep, so he's been talking to Amit for five years. Right. Planning his wife's death. Yeah. And he was set to get $2 million from a life insurance policy. I mean, two Just like we said about Stacy, it's about that money. It's about that moolah. Yeah, but the crazier part was that Matesh and Jessica were actually going through infertility treatments to have children. So not only is he having this secret relationship behind her back, he's gay. He's also trying to have a baby right. and, with his wife. And, and here's the crazy part. like What we actually learned is that Matesh and, uh, and Jessica... Matesh actually went to Jessica and was like, Hey, I want to have a family now. And this is after she obviously already knows about the whole grinder escapades. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, no, I don't feel like this is, you know, good. I don't think that gotcha. we've got to work on our gotcha. on our relationship. Yep. But for some reason, you know, he he seems to be able to convince her that they should go to these treatments yeah. and get these embryos frozen and all that. Oh, poor Jessica. But here it is. This is pretty fucking crazy, my little podcasters so Matisha's plan was to take the frozen embryos that were stored and here we go raise the baby as their own with the doctor that he was having an affair mm-hmm. with in Australia so to kill his wife yep take the embryos to yep. Australia yep to live with his lover Amit yep and raise them yeah all right, just make sure we're all on the mm-hmm. same page. Yeah, sure there on the it same is. Page. So there that is. is an insane plan. Yeah. I mean, it really makes you wonder what goes through people's heads. I mean, well, it's like if you're not happy in your marriage and you would you you would want to actually be with someone else, especially someone of the same sex, mm-hmm. just leave them. Just go, right? I right. mean, really. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So surely he realized he wouldn't get away with this. Right. Yes. And so we've learned that people that kill are usually pretty dumb though. Yeah. This is very true. Yeah. So during his trial, Jessica's sister read a personal statement to Matesh in the rest of the courtroom. Yeah. So we this, want to read that for you guys. Yeah. So this is yeah. a very interesting uh, statement. Right. So she wrote, Matesh has deceived us all. In truth, he is a cheat. He is a liar, a fantasist, and above all, a murderer. We do not just pray. We know that she will be free from you forever. As why she rests in heaven, you will rot in hell. I love that. I love that. Talk about stabbing him in the heart. I mean, he. she just like said exactly what she wanted to say. Yeah, and straight I, to the point. Yeah, I just, I, I love that. But also during the trial and the most damning evidence, and this is pretty crazy because this is actually the first time that I've heard of this happening and that I've heard of this even being able to be used. But the evidence all was that uh, the iPhone actually sold him out. Okay. Yeah, I know. The iPhone. Yeah. So data from his iPhone, the health app of the iPhone, which we all use. Yeah showed how he had frantically climbed up and down the stairs while staging the break-in. Isn't so, that crazy? Yeah, so it actually literally just told his ass off. So it's like, right. Siri was like, bitch, done did this. Yep, yeah, he's been walking up down those stairs. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. but it's also from a neighbor. So a neighbor came forward saying that Patel told her that his wife was too trusting and that one day she would end up getting murdered. I mean, it's such a sad end to what I assume she thought was her fairy tale. She thought it was. I mean, she thought this guy was great, that, you know, he would be that knight in shining armor, and then... You know who Jessica should have met? Richard. Richard. Poor, poor Richard. God, they would have been perfect together. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a story of us trying to put two people together. Yeah. Really, We're actually matchmakers. Yes. Through murder. Yes. But it is. It is, you know... At the end of the day, it is so sad. I, I just you just you have to feel for people like this. I mean, yeah, and you know, even I hate to say it, but even Matesh, I mean, he had to have been struggling through a lot of things. Yeah, he had a lot of personal demons he was going through. But right. but obviously, killing, killing your wife is not is the option to go through. Not a good idea. Yeah. So I mean, it is. It's it's sad, guys. Um, we hope that you enjoyed our Valentine's Day special. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of love and a little bit of crazy. Uh, yeah, a little bit of love, a little bit yeah. of crazy, a little bit of grinder. And we hoped you liked hearing two stories at once. Yeah. Because it's something that we've actually been talking about doing. So hopefully, you guys, once you hear it, will give us some comments and tell us what you think about it. Absolutely. So yes. we uh, we love all of you. Love you. Please keep listening to us. And please stay safe on Valentine's Day. Yes. Don't get murdered. Don't get murdered. It's probably better if you don't have anyone. <laughs> just just stay home. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So on that note, I'm Christopher Wilkes. I'm Dylan Malone, and this is Evil Crimes.